You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. W Hunting Supply is your go-to source for the best in dog training systems and supplies, as well as equipment for hunting, houndsmen, and women. We've served dedicated dog owners and avid hunters across the nation since 2000. And it's our mission each day to continue offering you exceptional products and outstanding customer service. At W, we're not just suppliers. We own and train our own hounds, and we regularly use the products we sell. We're proud of our hard-earned knowledge, and we're happy to share it with you. Because when you shop our W, you're not just our customer. You're part of our community. And W just launched a really cool app, Steve. You can download it in your app store on either your iPhone or Android, any smartphone. And all kinds of content in there from training tips and tech support. You can schedule uh, actual maintenance for your tracking device right from that app now. Sign up for an account, download that app, and start tracking W anywhere that you have cell phone connection. And you can find all information about W Hunting Supply at www.dusupply.com. This is a Houndsman XP podcast with your host, Steve Fielder, and me, Chris Powell. If you're ready to up your game to extreme performance, sit back, buckle up, and hang on for another exciting episode of Houndsman XP. Hey, Steve, I'm pretty pumped about this show we've got today. We've got a, a great guest on today, uh, the 2019 United Kennel Club UKC Coonhound World Champion, owner and handler, Lane Denny. Yeah, that's going to be a great show today, Chris, uh, with this young man. What a resume he has for a guy his age. Um And uh, he's going to be here to talk about his experiences with hounds and and competition and, and man, on the major stage in in both the PKC and the UKC uh, registries. And uh, it's just going to be a great podcast, a lot of information, a lot of insight into what makes this young man run. And I'm really looking forward to it myself. Well, he certainly has accomplished a lot with his uh, competition coon hounds and in the short time that he's been involved in hounds and uh, we're going to drill down into that 
biography, if you if you will, uh, as far as his his professional resume, and I think our listeners will be extremely interested and excited to listen to this. Uh, seeing a young man that that fo- focused and accomplished a it's been a lifelong dream of mine to be able to win a, a world championship. Uh, after several years, I kind of uh, lost the fire for it, or maybe it's because I never achieved it and my interest shifted other way uh, to other places. But you know what a resume, like you said. Well, yeah, and uh, this is kind of a Cinderella story, really, of a a kid, you know, and and how he acquired uh, this dog that he's been uh, uh, just absolutely dominating. Uh, in several different uh, categories or, or uh, degrees. And it's just a great story. I mean, I've read some of the pre-articles that uh, came about as a result of his prior wins. And without, uh, you know, spilling the beans on, on what all this young man has done, uh, it's just it, it's just great to uh, to have him aboard, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to peeling back the layers uh, of this uh, phenomenal story uh, about a young man and his dog. You're gonna peel it back like an onion, like an onion, man, a sweet <laughs> onion, a sweet Vidalia. A, 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 yeah, and having known people from that area of the country. It's uh, my wife calls it Vidalia. I said mm-hmm. no, no, no. It's Vidalia. That's right. You gotta have that vi in there, like a vienni sausage. You right. Know what that is? <laughs> a vienni. You betcha. Right. <laughs> you gotta dig. You gotta dig that one out of the center, and then dump some hot sauce in there, and then you get a little hot sauce in every vienni. Oh man. Sounds good. We that those are always great to break out at about two o'clock in the morning on a coon hunt. Yeah, you know, if you do it early in the hunt, the guys will kind of turn their nose up at it. But you wait till about two o'clock and peel open a can of those things, and man, they'll jerk them out of your hands. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. They don't take up much space, and what a healthy what a healthy snack. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Floor sweepings. That's you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we're here to talk about Lane Denny today. I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, I think when people hear his story, uh, we re- we reveal to the world the character that this young man has. Uh, he's definitely somebody that, that we want to recognize and celebrate his success in competition coon hunting and uh, drill down into his story and and let the world know who Lane Denny is. Well, absolutely, Chris. And, you know, this uh, event that he's just won, the UKC World Coonhound Championship, started back in 1978 in Beaver Dam, Ohio. I was fortunate enough to be a UKC field representative at that time, the very first year. And uh, I was not at the finals that year uh, due to uh, my day job. But, uh, man, this thing is, is clicked on now for 41 years. And so the recent world championship was the 41st. Uh, just thinking we've had as many world championships almost as we've had presidents in this country. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, uh, And it was a long time before we had a female win the hunt. And uh, 
It was the Crowley's Louise female that won it out at Montgomery City, Missouri, uh, at John Wick's place there. Uh, that was the very first one, and since then there's been several. But this is an exci- exciting story for sure, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for our listeners to hear this this interview. So, hey, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about Houndsman XP and uh, talk about how our listeners can be be more involved with Houndsman XP. We've got some some exciting things coming up. Uh, we're we're getting ready to start taking donations for the Freedom Hunters Hunt that's going to take place in Northeast Arizona on the Navajo Nation. Uh, our Gold Star family recipient of this hunt is Tanner Babb, and Tanner's father, we'll just recap this story real quick, uh, his father was a United States Marine that I served with in the Gulf War, the original Desert Storm, and then uh, uh, Brock, he uh, uh, discharged from the Marine Corps, but after 9-11, he felt the call to go back, and and during his duty over there he was killed in action when his convoy was ambushed and he manned a machine gun that was mounted on one of the vehicles instead of running for cover he provided cover uh, for his fellow marines to be able to to get the advantage the advantage on the enemy and and but in the process he was killed in action so to me this is something that houndsmen and sportsmen of all stripes should be um, should be willing to, to back. I mean, celebrate this and help us make this an epic hunt for Tanner, Tanner Babb. Well, Chris, I certainly want to do that. You know, my heart just uh, is so very heavy every time I see an announcement of one of our uh, fallen heroes and uh, for us as hounds people, as a community, to be able to come together uh, uh, with Freedom Hunters and provide this uh, awesome opportunity for Tanner uh, on behalf of his father, Tanner himself uh, serving as a Marine. Um, it's just an awesome opportunity, and I think you have some information to tell our listeners how they can get involved. Oh, absolutely. Freedom Hunters is a nonprofit organization. It's a national organization, and they have a website. If you Google freedomhunters.org, their website will come up, and there is a special donation button on there where our listeners can help support this dream hunt for this young man, uh, this young Marine. And, and that's the interesting part is Tanner became a Marine himself. Uh, even even after the tragedy that he went through, he felt the call to serve our country. So not only is he a, a Gold Star family member, but he's also a veteran uh, United States Marine. And uh, I, I just can't, I'm just overwhelmed. I can't think of a, a more qualified recipient for this, this uh, initial hunt and partnership that we've got going on with Freedom Hunters. So if you go to freedomhunters.org, find that donation button. You can donate directly to this hunt. And I made a donation the other day just to test it out. And as soon as I made that donation, I got a confirmation back. 
and and you get a receipt that you can use for tax purposes for donating to a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization. So um, not only is it the right thing to do, but but it's also a, an opportunity for you to get a get a tax dedu- deduction for being involved in this. Well, Chris, I I just am like you. I'm overwhelmed with this opportunity. I would urge our listeners, if you can give $5, give $5, and we'll thank you, and Tanner, I'm sure, will thank you, and, and Freedom Hunters as well. If you can give 500 or 5000 whatever you can give at the level that you can support this um, activity, you know, we're, we're going to be outfitting Tanner, we're going to be paying all of his expenses, uh, including, you know, uh, the uh, the guide uh, with uh, Res Hounds and all of that. It's going to be an all-expense-paid uh, trip for him. Really an opportunity of a lifetime to uh, hopefully harvest a lion over hounds. And, uh, but we all need to really think about this. Perhaps we can do it in memory of a fallen hero in a in our own families. You know, I think of my Uncle Jack that's buried outside of Rome that fell, you know, during World War II. Uh, and there are so many out there that, uh, you know, we could remember and, uh, and just uh, on their behalf, uh, make a donation to Freedom Hunters. It's something that will pay huge dividends. Uh, you'll feel great about it. And, um, and you'll be helping uh, one of our great uh, servicemen to have a time of his life. Exactly. And there's another way that you can support uh, this hunt by indirectly supporting it, and that is by going to the W Hunting Supply website, clicking on Join the Fight page. If you haven't bought our latest gear yet, we've got a really nice uh, leather patch cap that is available for purchase at W Hunting Supply, dusupply.com, and all those proceeds go to support this podcast and keeps us in the fight for hunters' rights and representing houndsmen across the country and and being able to do projects just like this with Freedom Hunters. Yeah, Chris, and it's a cool hat. I really enjoy mine. I was able to pick one up at Autumn Oaks, and I think uh, everybody will enjoy this. It's, it's really a nice-looking hat. It's uh, got that nice uh, leather patch uh, with the You Follow Your Hound, I Follow Mine, and the uh, Houndsman XP logo. Just a real neat deal, and, uh, man, we sure would appreciate you picking one up. Absolutely, I can't agree more. I've got I've wore mine this morning in the woods, uh, and it's a comfortable hat to wear. It's stylish. It'll look. It's a good looking lid for your for your head. So, and you're going to need that hat here in a few weeks because we are approaching fifty thousand downloads for this podcast. And in celebration of that, then we are going to uh, do a special promotion. But in order to be involved, you're going to need a Houndsman XP hat. It's a limited supply, and you need to get it, get that order placed now. So in a few weeks from now, when we hit that 50,000 uh, download mark, then you can be involved in our, our promotion for Houndsman XP listeners 
it's going to be an exclusive thing for our, our most serious supporters. Yeah, did you uh, mention where they can get the hat? Yeah, you can get it on the Join the Fight page at dusupply.com. Our title sponsor is W Hunting Supply, and you need to go there. They're the exclusive dealer for all our merchandise. All right, let's get it done. Yep, let's get this interview done too, Steve. I'm ready. All right. Welcome to the Houndsman XP podcast. Steve, we've got a, an exciting guest for the show this week for our listeners. We've got the 2019 UKC world champion, Lane Denny. I've been looking forward to this interview ever since uh, uh, a few nights ago when I lost some sleep and, and uh, witnessed one of the most interesting, exciting, and well-done play-by-plays on the Internet of a final cast that I've seen in a long time. And uh, I will toot my own horn a little bit there. I started those play-by-plays back many years ago. But, man, I tell you, they've really progressed. And it was so exciting to uh, to witness uh, this great win and a real close cast. So I think we've got a great uh, uh, show today with this young man for sure. Well, thank goodness that Al Gore invented the Internet so you could develop this play-by-play theory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Al's, Al's the man. Al's yep. the man. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, Steve, I'm gonna, <laughs> I am going to hand this off to you and uh, let you take the lead on this interview. You've been in touch, and this is really in your lane. I mean, as far as the, 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 the world championship, uh, the, 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 development of that program not only there but with multiple registries so this is your this is right in your ballpark buddy well chris there's no more exciting time of year than world championship time uh it comes around in september and october depending on the registries and and it's a culmination of a whole long year's work by a lot of these guys just to get qualified and get to the event and uh you know, I'd look back to 1978. I mentioned maybe earlier that that was the first UKC World Championship, and there's been 41 of them now. Uh, but you know, I I don't want to get this. I uh, have this be a history lesson. I want to talk to this winner, Lane Denny. How are you doing, son? I'm good. How are you? I, I'm just just doing very very well, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. I've read the articles that have been written about you in pro hound and in American Cooner magazines. And uh, your story is really an exciting one. Uh, I know you probably haven't come down out of the clouds yet, uh, off this big win. And we want to talk about all that, but uh, first of all, I'd like to know just a little bit or let our uh, listeners know just a little bit about who you are. Uh, how old a young man are you lane? Yes, sir. I, I'm uh, 23 years old. <clears throat> 23. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 23 years old. I, Lane, I'm going to jump in there real quick. So I spent my entire life uh, dreaming. I mean, since a young young kid, looking at those magazine covers, um, and and just wanting to have that kind of accomplishment in my life. I never did 
accomplish that. So I want to congratulate you on not only this win, but you've got a pretty good resume too. So I just want to throw that in there and tell you that I appreciate you coming on the podcast and congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. And I, I sure appreciate that. Well, Lane, uh, now where do you live right now? Uh, I live uh, in Jay. Um, I grew up here in Jay and, and uh, I've kind of stayed around here my whole life. Now, Jay, uh, that's a town yes, in Oklahoma it's, it's, I have not heard of. I know where Claremore is, and I know where Tulsa yes, is. Sir. You're up in, you're in that general area, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a little bit further north and east of uh, of Tulsa and Claremore. Uh, Jay's in kind of the far northeast part of the state here, um, and uh, it's it's just it's a it's a small town south of Grove. There's I don't know if you ever heard of Grand Lake. There's it's kind of a big lake here, and and that's kind of what this area is known for, but. I came through there last uh, last month, as a matter of fact, uh, on my way to Arizona to bear hunt out there. Came right through your neighborhood. Oh, that's pretty neat. Should have stopped them when we went hunting. <laughs> yeah, I should have. <laughs> I should have. Well, listen, what do you, uh, is coon hunting your job, or do you have another job? Uh, no, Lane? sir. I, uh, I I have a full-time job. Um, I actually, uh, the, the past three years, I have... Uh, I work for my brother. Um, I uh, I tell you, I I uh, I worked for him for three years. He uh, he has his own diesel mechanic shop there in Grove, um, and I was a diesel mechanic for him. and And just recently, I've I've uh, got a new job working for the Oklahoma Forestry Department, uh, being a dozer operator. So I'm excited about that, and and uh, and just uh, ready to get that chapter started in my life. And like I said, I'm pretty excited about that. So, well, you grew up on a farm there, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I grew up on a small uh, ninety-acre farm here in Jay. Um, I attended, uh, you know, middle school, and, uh, and and I've always been a real competitive type of person. Um, and in middle school, there I played sports. I played football and baseball. Um, and uh, in high school, when I got into high school, like you said, I grew up on a on a ninety-acre farm. So agriculture has always been a big important role in my in my life. Um, and uh, in, in in high school, I got involved in the FFA. Um, which uh, really, really changed my life for the better. You know, it, it kind of molded me into the person I am today. It taught me to become a, a leader, you know, and not a follower. But uh, but I, 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 w- I wanted to learn more about the agricultural industry in itself, so I joined the FFA there and, and got highly active in it. Um, my uh, I, I showed cattle. I was on the livestock and horse judging team. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it, it came – I was very fortunate – we had a very good agriculture instructor and, and he made an impact on my life, you know, besides just teaching me about the in, in, industry, you know, and, uh, and like I said, I was very blessed to have that <clears throat> after high what, school there. I, uh, what was his name lane? Let's give him a shout uh, out. Yeah, uh, Daryl Cunningham was his name. He taught ag here at Jay. Uh, I mean, he taught like he taught my dad and, and, uh, you know, that he's taught several generations, uh, Without you, know, like I said, he needs a shout out for sure. That's uh, he's a, he's one of the best agriculture instructors in my opinion in the state. I mean, he was just he was a caring guy, you know, and and he he was truly passionate about the agricultural industry and and the FFA. And like I said, we've there's been he's been, he's taught several of us, and we've all been blessed to have been taught by him. Well, I think uh, I think you must still be walking in the clouds there, Lane. I've never heard somebody from uh, the south that talked as fast as you are. So you're, you're still, you're still wound up about this, this, uh, 
uh, world championship. That's for sure. Yeah, yes, sir. I tell you, like you said, it's it's been a it's been a dream come true. It's something that every competition coon hunter wants to 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 be able to experience. And I'm just blessed by the good Lord above that that it, it was you know I got to experience it. So, like I said, I'm I'm on cloud nine. If I'm talking a little fast, I'm sorry. I'll I try to <laughs> try to try to tone it down for you guys a little bit, but. But yeah, this is this is it's just a dream come true. It really is. <laughs> I love well, the I, I love the excitement. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, for sure, Lane. Well, listen, Lane. Let's get, let's uh, try to build a little bit of a backstory here uh, on you and your experience. <laughs> Can you remember or describe the very first time you ever went coon hunting? Oh, for sure. Yes, sir. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, it's 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 kind of a funny backstory behind coon hunting. I didn't know this until probably five years ago, but coon hunting, my dad, he grew up coon hunting. And well, my mom and dad, they were together in high school and uh, they lived two or three miles away from each other through the woods. Well, my dad always had hounds, you know, and, uh, uh, he had hounds and they, they, none of them was real special the way he talks about them, but you know, they tree possums and, and and you know just run deer and anything else but uh but my dad would actually leave before dark and he'd and he'd turn his dogs loose and he'd hunt all the way to my mom's house um he's just across across the timber there a couple miles and and uh and then he'd see her for a couple couple hours and then he'd come home and uh, he'd hunt all the way home but so it's been it's coon hunting's been a part of my life before i even knew it you know so uh but uh but no uh my dad he like i said he hunted when he was younger um and he got out of hunting there for a while. Well, he was working at a, a at a pet food place here by the house called Simmons, and he'd worked with a, with a guy named Jake Williams. Well, Jake was a coon hunter, and he got to telling Dad some stories and kind of reminded Dad, you know, of the good old days. And and so Dad invited him out to go hunting one night, and uh, it was on a Friday night. We I had a friend over. I was 12 years old, um, so we was doing. You know what 12-year-olds done? We was playing Xbox, and, you know, we didn't want to go outside. We was too interested in the video games. But uh, uh, so, uh, but my dad, there was a knock on the door, and my dad, he uh, he answered it, and, and he told us to get our stuff on. We was going coon hunting, and I, I said, coon hunting? What in the world's that? You know, I'd never heard of it because my dad never even mentioned to me that he, that he used to do it. And uh, he said, don't worry about it. Just get your boots on. You'll enjoy it. And, uh so wisely, I shut the Xbox off there and, and got my boots on. My buddy done the same. And I remember walking out onto the front porch there, and, and there stood a guy down there, down there at the base of the porch. And I was trying to, I was trying to think what in the world he had on. He he had a big old box on his side that had a light run up or a cord that run up to a light that was on his head. And uh, I said to myself, <laughs> I thought, man, what in the world this goofy guy got on? You know, I thought he's some kind of coal miner or something. And <laughs> Well, anyways, that was Jake, and, and uh, you know, back then I didn't know, but now I know it was one of those nightlight, you know, box lights and, and uh, with the old 5100 head, and uh, but uh, but we ended up getting in the truck there, and, and that, that farm that we lived on, it was it was about 90 acres, um, and uh, it had a spring that run through it with good timber on it, and uh, so we drove down to the spring there, and and Jake, he unloaded this big, pretty uh, English dog. I mean, just picture perfect is what you want in a hound. Uh, and uh, th- this dog was just a real good-looking hound. Um, and I fell in love with this dog just right as soon as I seen him. Um, and because uh, I've always, you know, been a been a dog lover and and always enjoyed 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 animals. And well, you you kind of 
throw a big pretty hound at me. I, I just loved him, you know. And uh, well, this dog, I, I later became known as uh, they called him Old Buck. And uh, Buck, he was just a just a just a great dog, you know. He didn't have no papers or nothing like that. But uh, but he unloaded Old Buck there, and like I said, I fell in love with this dog, and and that interested me, you know. And uh, well whenever he got his tracking system on and he let him over there to the edge of the hauler and, and cut him loose when he flipped him loose down through there, I kind of lost interest. I thought, man, you know, there goes my buddy. But, uh, uh, you know, so I, I went back to, went back to throwing rocks and kicking dirt and, you know, just, just not even paying attention. And, uh, I, I you know, I remember it like it was yesterday, old buck, the spring we sent him down, we sent him down a hauler to the spring and, and he opened up down there, and the first couple of barks, you know, I heard him, but I didn't think nothing of it. And then by the time he barked three or four times, it was as, as if something just grabbed me by my shoulders and said, hey, dummy, listen to this. And I just zoned in on this dog, and and, and with, with every bark this dog made on the ground, it would carry up that hauler, and it, it, it was like it was just hitting me in the chest, you know. Uh, it, it, I could not not focus on this hound that was running this trackle. Uh, he, he went to opening down through there and, and he, he run this coon for about 300 yards and let out a big, pretty low cape and I rolled over to, to a chop. And I tell you, it was like I said, every bark this dog made, it was like it was hitting me right in the chest. And, and, uh, I just, there was something about it. You know, I, from then on, I was hooked. I, I went home that night and I, I told my dad, I said, I've got to have my own dogs. You know, I've just got to have it. This is something that I want to do. So it was, it was a pretty neat experience. Um, you know, like I said, it was a feeling that that I've never had before when I when I when I got it, and I tell you, I, I'm very blessed that that Dad invited Jake over that night. You know, because because it as as you guys know, coon hunting has has came to change my life for the dramatically. So, well, I'm sure that that's true, Lane, and and your experience is a lot like mine. Mine was uh, through my dad at a very young age. Now, how old were you when you uh, went <laughs> the first time? I was 12. 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, well, uh, yep. yeah, that, that's uh, pretty amazing. And, and I think that, uh, this hound hunting comes almost like it's in our DNA when we're exposed to it. It's almost like a, a well-bred hound pup. The first time you show him game, you know, he just turns oh. on. And I think we're, a lot of us are that way. Don't you think? Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, that's what I told somebody the other day. I said, you know, this coon hunting, it's a, it's like a, it's kind of like a drug, you know, it, it, it gets in your, it gets in your blood and nothing can get rid of it, you know? And from that night forward, I always knew that I'd have a hound at my house, you know, and, and, uh, at the time I didn't even know what competition coon hunting was, but I just enjoyed coon hunting. And, and I tell you, it was, it was like, it hooked me, you know, from the very beginning. Right. Well, what was the progression then to get you into, um, I know that you had success at the PKC youth championship and we certainly want to, uh, talk about that, but what was it that got you involved into the competition? What was that progression there? Uh, you know, after that time I went with Jake, um, uh, it was, my dad got me a pair of pups and, and I trained them and, 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 uh, none of them really, <clears throat> really uh really was you know just nothing special and so i saved up my money and and i bought a blue tick uh from cory it was out of cory mills and stuff there in southwest missouri and uh called him old bandit and i hunted old bandit and and uh you know i i thought old bandit was a was you know something special and and uh well my brother at the time he was dating a girl 
and her dad was on on a board there uh out of, of a hunting club there about probably 15 minutes from my house over in arkansas and uh he come over pleasure hunting with me one night and and he said you ought to come over we got a club hunt every saturday night he said you ought to come over and and uh and try it out he said i think you'd really enjoy it and and uh me being the competitive person that i was uh, you know he got to tell me everything i said heck yeah you know it'd be fun and so my dad he hauled me over there just a couple saturdays later and and uh and uh, i found out real quickly that old bandit wasn't as good as what i thought he was <laughs> but uh but uh you know uh they had they were having a, a series type thing and and uh they give you so many points for showing up and so many points for winning your cast and second you know and their fourth and they was giving belt buckles away to the youth and and uh and and i got very fortunate that year i went to every one of them and and got a belt buckle and and you know that 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 prize right there kind of hooked me i think as far as that goes it it, you know hook line and sinker and but i can tell you this it was uh i got the belt buckle not because i had the best dog but because i showed up about every time (laughs) (laughs) well there's uh, (laughs) something to be said for persistence right you know you bet yes sir yes sir for sure yes sir in other words you got the you got the perfect attendance award there but you bet uh, absolutely yes sir (laughs) yeah yeah i think i was the only kid that showed up to every one of them (laughs) uh well i think that shows uh, how much you enjoyed it though and you found something that you can focus on you know there's a big message for kids and i guess all of us there lane is that uh, you know uh, get find out what you like to do and then then do it you know do it wholeheartedly yes, put your put your absolutely. whole heart and soul into it you know absolutely you know growing up my mom and dad they taught me you know whatever you do uh if you enjoy doing it and you really love doing it you put put everything into it you know and and you will be successful and i'm very fortunate for for that upbringing and you know they taught me that that hard work and dedication and, and never losing your faith in Jesus Christ goes a long way. So, you know, like I said, I, I'm very fortunate that they taught me that. And, and it's, and I've learned over the years that it's, that it's absolutely true. It is for sure, Lane, for sure. Well, okay. I may be jumping ahead just a little bit here, but when uh, I want to talk about this PKC youth championship, was Emmy the dog that you hunted in, in that championship or, or did you yeah. attain that? So she's been with you through this whole ride, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay. She, um, she has been, yep. She, she was the one that we hauled up there and, and very, got very fortunate and, and, uh, but yes, sir. Yep. That's her. Okay. She's been with me since day one. Yep. All right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about Emmy, uh, how you got her, uh, maybe a little bit about her breeding and all, just some background on your okay. dog. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I got Emmy, um, over the years, you know, I, I just had some decent hounds, you know, over the years. And, and, uh, I, uh, I ended up getting Emmy. I bought her from a guy in Arkansas. She was 10 months old. And, and, uh, you know, when I got her, she was, she was absolutely, uh, she, there was just something about her, you know, she just, she was, she come to this world, you know, wanting to treat cones and, and she come to this world wanting to be alone. Um, you know, and, and, and I just knew, you know, there was something special about her and, and she's exactly what I love in a hound. You know, she's a, she's a loner that, that when she trees, she likes to have coons. Uh, but, but I tell you, in my opinion, uh, what separates her from any other dog that I've ever owned and, and that's her heart and drive. Um, you know, she's, she's the type of dog that, you know, no matter what, as long as she's not on the dog lead, 
in a competition hunt, you can't count her out. Um, she's going to give it absolutely everything she has every single time you unsnap her. And to me, that's what separates her. You know, um, whenever times get tough, you know, a lot of them dogs would, would get, you know, would give up on me and, and Emmy just, just never has, you know, she never, never did do that. But, uh, but that's in my opinion, what separates her apart from anything that I've ever owned. Um, but, uh, as far as her breeding goes, she's, She's out of a dog from Tennessee called Gorgeous Gomer, owned by Ronnie Patterson. Uh, and, and Gomer, he goes back to the Smith's Bulldozer dog, which is kind of where they get their colors, kind of what I've told it, you know. And, okay. Uh, but uh, but, he, but he, he goes back to, to Naylor and Rat Attack as well. Um, right. And, and, on her top, and on her top side, she is, she is out of a dog called uh, Caney Creek Jojo. Well, well, Jojo wasn't out of nothing just real special. She... She goes back to the to the nighttime savage dog and and things like mm-hmm. that. But then you know further back she goes back to rat attack and nailer. So so Emmy's you know she's double rat attack and double nailer bred. So um, and that's kind of that's what she's bred like. But uh, but I tell you she's she's been a blessing to me beyond measure. I tell you I I just I can't be thankful enough. You know so. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about her as we go along and the way she operates and all of that. But you've got a long resume here, Lane, and we need to to get into uh, talking about some of the things that you and Emmy have been able to accomplish. Uh, let's go back to this PKC Youth Championship, how you got involved with hunting in PKC you know, how you prepared for that, uh, the experience itself, some of those kind of things. Can we, can we shine that tree a little bit? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, as you said, Emmy and I, we, we've been blessed beyond measure. Uh, I can't thank the good Lord enough for, for everything he's blessed us with. Um, for sure. That's first and foremost, uh, before anything else, you know, I, I got to give credit where credit's due and without him, I don't, I feel like that, that we wouldn't be where we're at today. So I'm very thankful for that. But yes, sir, as you, as you said, we, we, uh, the, the very first big hunt that, that I put Emmy in, uh, was the, uh, 2014 PKC youth world championship. Um, she was, she was almost two. Um, but, uh, but yes, sir, we, we went up there and, uh, it was, uh, we got qualified for that. We won our, we actually won the Oklahoma state youth race that year. And, and, uh, and, uh, so we got to go up there and, and hunt in that. And I tell you, that was at the time an experience that that was one of the most ex- experiences I won't forget. Um, Carl, Carl Reed, he hauled me up there and, and, uh, he hauled me and his boy up there and, and the kid that won it the previous year was from Oklahoma as well. Dalton majors is his name. And he rode up with us and, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that it was, uh, it was a heck of a deal. You know, I was on cloud nine after that thing. And, but, uh, but the first round she, uh, she she looked she she operated really good for a young dog that really hadn't been hauled to town much and and you know that was really my first big hunt as well and and I just I just told myself I got to keep my nerves calm you know and not make any mistakes and and uh, you know the first round she treated treated only coon we seen um, and then the next round she I drew a boy from back home um, and uh, and we had a really good hunt we treated a couple coons in that cast and. And then in the finals, it was a, it was a nail biter. You know, it was one of those hunts that, uh, <laughs> you didn't know who was going to win it until, till the, till the last tree was scored. Um, kind of like uh, this I, recent world championship. Yes, huh? <laughs> a, absolutely. Yes, sir. It was every single one of the final fours I've been in like that. I, I tell you, they've all been nerve wracking for sure. Uh, just going into it, you know, being nerve wracking, but, but 
coming down to where it's going to be the last tree determined who the world champion is. I tell you, going into that tree, you're just you're hoping and praying, you know, for the best outcome. But uh, but yeah, we we uh, we had a good hunt in that final. It was actually final three there, and uh, Adam Borden was in it, and uh, Marcus Marcus Hyde was in it. Um, but uh, Emmy treed a treed a circle tree, and and I felt like she probably had a coon, we just couldn't find it. And, uh, so she, she ended up getting re recut back and struck for 25 and, and Marcus's dog was struck for 50 and he had, he hadn't made a tree yet. So he was still carrying his strike. Well, Emmy trees a coon. Well, Marcus's dog gets treed through the country and that ended up leash locking me and Adam and we walked the hunt out going to him and, and I knew there wasn't nothing we could do. You know, I, I was banking on that dog. I really figured the dog had a coon and, and he was in a really good tree and he very well could have had a coon, but, but fortunate enough for us, you know, the coon didn't look so so we walked out of that cornfield, you know, that year's world champions, and it was it was an experience that I won't ever forget, that's for sure. Well, you know, when I was with PKC Lane, I always enjoyed the youth hunts and, and you know, and the dinner and the, and the speeches and all of that. And uh, that it's such a great thing for young hunters like yourself. Uh, uh, how, uh, you know, how would you rate that experience overall being a PKC youth hunter? I tell you, it was an experience that was amazing. You know, PKC, they always do an awesome job of, of putting on their youth hunts. Um, they uh, always make the youth feel, feel you know, like uh, like welcome and, and at home. And, and all the people, the, all the guides, the judges, you know, everybody that, that puts that hunt on and helps with that hunt are good people because, you know, that it's time that they're taking out of their, you know, their day and, and everything. And, and they, every, you know, they everybody just always volunteers to, without a doubt, without any question to do it because, you know, they, they care for this sport and they want to see this sport continue to grow. And that's, and, and without guys like them, it wouldn't be possible. Well, how much value would you put on that experience in, in, in looking back where you are now leading a world champion? What part did that uh, youth championship experience play in that for you? You know, it. Uh, I knew. I knew that Emmy was uh, was something special. I also knew that she was just a dog. You know, she had off nights like every single one of them will. But, uh, but uh, you know, I knew that she was something special. But going up there competing against some of the best best youth youth handlers in the country and some of the best hounds in the country, it just give give me a confidence booster. I, I felt like that after that win, that the sky was the limit. That uh, it just showed me that, that I could go and compete with any dog on any night if, if my dog had it on her mind. So it was just mainly a, a, a confidence booster, you know, for sure. And like I said, I, I was very blessed, and it's an experience that, that I'll never, ever forget for sure. Well, I think there's something to be said, the fact that you took this young female. How old was Emmy at the time you won that uh you th- she was she was she was just uh it was in october and she turned she would have turned two that may so she would have been just yeah. under two you know well i think the thing our listeners should put into uh, help put this into focus is a lot of times those youth are hunting some of the best competition hounds in the country that they're, they're oh, hunting sure. them for for someone else so i think it's it speaks uh, pretty well for you that you were able to take your own dog and, and that's not to discourage the other youth hunters from doing that you know you want to get in a horse race i guess you want to ride the best horse you can find <laughs> yes, you know sir, yeah but but it, <laughs> it but it is it is pretty amazing that you were able to uh to 
win that with your uh, your own dog. Now they give some scholarships and all. Do you remember what your prizes were? Yeah. For that? Yes, sir, I do. Um, they they give away two thousand dollars in cash, and then they'll give you a four thousand dollars scholarship, which which played a big role in, in my life, you know, because. Um, I went to a junior college and, and that helped pay for my schooling between, I got a scholarship for livestock judging too. And, and I tell you the scholarship through PKC helped me tremendously. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that as well. Well, that's a, a definitely a big shout out to PKC for the job that they're doing with the youth. And, uh, and, uh, that's, that's a great story. Well, now if we fast forward, then it was in 2018, that you went to what we call the boat, uh, or the, uh, the truck hunt, uh, what transpired between, uh, you winning the youth championship and going up to Lula, Mississippi and hunting for a truck? Yes, sir. Um, the, uh, the year that, that we got qualified to go hunt for a truck, it was a, it's a very special story. It's one that, uh, that just, it, it's amazing. Um, but uh we we ran for the state race that year um and uh we were we, you know we was leading the state race well the, i'd always heard about the truck hunt and i'd always wanted to go hunting at least once and and uh and so i, I was very excited to to try to to try to get a truck ticket well the month of may um we ran for a truck ticket and and you know we we just we just barely we barely missed it. We didn't get one, and I think it was by you know just a couple hundred dollars we didn't get a truck ticket, and which it didn't it didn't discourage me too much because I knew we had you know a few months left in it, and and we was just gonna try to keep chugging along, and and maybe if we got on a roll, roll for it, and and oh, uh, so, get, so let me interrupt along. you just a second, Lane. Let's tell our listeners. A lot of them aren't aware of what we're talking about when we talk about getting a ticket to get to go and hunt for the truck can you just out, lay out that system what that takes what that entails yes sir uh, so pkc um they give away what they call a truck ticket they give away to they have a they have two different divisions they have what they call a senior division which is dogs that doesn't have a super stakes left um and then they have a puppy division which is which is dogs that are three and under that have super stakes left and and they give away five tickets per dog each month they give away three for an overall and and what i mean by overall is they give away three to dogs that that run that that win you know uh thirty dollar hunts and, and fifty dollar hunts and, and things like that that are open events and then they give away two of them that go to just thirty dollar truck tickets and um and and so at the end of the year you know for the senior deal they've got they'll have 60 dogs uh that have truck tickets but they, and they'll take what they call four at large bids, and those are the dogs that have have won the most money throughout the year, pretty much the most cast wins with the, that didn't get a truck ticket. Um, and and okay. same thing with the pup deal. You know, you have you have sixty dogs, and then and then you got your four at large bids. Okay, okay. Well, go ahead and, and tell us how how you and Emmy got there. Okay, so so like I, like I said, the, the month of May, um, we run for a ticket and and and, and missed it, and uh, so uh, so we knew we we had a few months left to, to try it out, and and we was just gonna try to just go to go along there to to some local hunts and and try to stay stay in the state race and and try to stay and stay with the lead, and 
well, the month of September, we, we, we went to the Little Dixie and, and got lucky and, and, you know, got in the Final Four there one night. And then there was another added purse up in Kansas that we went to and we got in the Final Four in it. And, and I didn't even realize that, that we were, you know, close to getting a truck ticket. And, and before I know it, the month is over and I'm looking at the standings and, and we got we missed it by just $100 again. So I was I thought, well, man, dang it, you know. And, and uh, so the year's over and, and, uh, and I'm thinking, well, maybe we'll get it large, you know, because we, we won, she won over $2,000 that year. And I think, you know, 80% of it was in $30 hunts. So I was hoping that we would get it large bid and, and, uh, the large bid comes out. We didn't get one of them. And I thought, man, you know, well, well, we'll try it again next year, you know, and, and, uh, well, for, they have kind of like alternates. They, they, they have some dogs that, that, that they put on a list that just in case if, if one of the at-larges can't come or somebody else can't come, well, them dogs will come. And, uh, well, it rocked on there, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe we'll get a chance at that. And, and uh, well, it turns out we didn't. But uh, but Brandon Kosselman, he was at one, and, and I, I knew he, he made a post on Facebook that, uh, that he was, that, he was uh, that they called him and that somebody couldn't make it, and they asked him he wanted to go to the truck hunt. And, and uh, he said he was going to go, and, and, and I was looking at the list and I knew that Emmy was the next dog, you know? So, so I thought, man, you know, just, just, we're so close, you know? And, and, uh, but, uh, but anyways, a, a couple of days later, Brandon puts on Facebook that, that he's not going to be able to make it, that his dog come in heat. And, uh, it just wasn't a few hours later. I got a call from Jerry Mall and, and Jerry asked me if, if I could make it to the truck hunt without hesitation. I said, yes, sir, for sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it, I think he called me on a Wednesday, and the truck hunt was that Friday. And I'd, I'd been hunting Emmy a little bit. She was honestly out of shape. And, and uh, and you know, I knew going into that that she w- wasn't in the best shape. You know, I just hunted her about three nights a week. And But, but yeah, when he called me, I was beyond excited. I, I uh, without hesitation, I, I loaded up Thursday night, and uh, and I drove to Lula, Mississippi, you know, and and on the drive, only thing that I could think about was the year that Doug, the first year that Doug, Doug and Bone Collector won it, is the same scenario. He uh, he didn't get a truck ticket, but he was on the way to go judge it, and they called him and said, "Hey, somebody can't come. You're next in line. You got Bone with you." And he said, "No, but I'll go get him." And and he ended up going and winning the truck. And I tell you, <laughs> just uh, just going I, going into it, I I I thought, you know, no matter what happens, we're here for a reason. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a blessing that we're getting to even come and hunting this. And, and I just felt like that, you know, we were there for a reason. And, and I, I had just, just a ton of confidence because of that. I, I truly felt like that, uh, that, uh, you know, we was getting to go hunt for it and for a reason. And I thought that that was, uh, the reason was probably that we were meant to win it, you know, but I didn't want to jinx myself, but, but I just, I was just hoping and praying that was why. And, and it, it just turns out that it was, that was the case. And I tell you, it was, it's a, it was a life changer for sure. Well, sure. Now this might be a good time, uh, Lane, to talk about your partnership on, uh, yes. on Emmy. You, yes, you have, you yeah. have a partner. Yes, sir. Um, I tell you when Emmy, Emmy was, uh, 15, 16 months old. Um, I'll back up a little bit to kind of give you the whole background on it. And, uh, I, I, I got a call from a few guys that had heard about her and they, uh, they wanted to, uh, to, uh, to buy her. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to sell her. Um, and Carl, Carl Reed called me and he said, Hey, I want to buy her. You know, I, I want to buy your dog from you. And, 
and uh, I said, no, I don't want to sell her. I, I kind of like her, you know, I want to keep her around. And, and uh, he said, well, he said, if you change your mind, let me know. And so a couple of days rocked on there and, and, and I'd always heard good things about Carl. You know, he's been around in the state of Oklahoma. He's one of the, one of the guys that whenever you hear about competition hunting, you, you think of Carl Reed and, and, uh, he, uh, you know, I'd always heard great things about him and, and, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to call him and see if he wants to partner on her. Well, I call him and he says, no, I don't really want to partner on her. He said, I'd like to just buy her. And I said, well, I don't want to get rid of her. And, and, uh, I said, I tell you what, I said, we'll just partner on her. And he's like, no. And what well, rocked on there a couple more days. And, and he calls me and he says, let's just go ahead and partner on her. So we worked out a deal on her. And I tell you that right there was a, was a life changer for me. Um, because Carl has taught me absolutely everything I know about being a good sportsman. He's taught me everything I know about being a good houndsman. He's a very intelligent man when it comes to hound hunting. And, and I tell you, he's, he's turned to that, that partnership has turned into a friendship that won't ever be broken for sure. Um, and, uh, he, he's the one that hauled me to the youth world championship and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's been there for us from the very beginning, but he taught me a lot. And, and like I said, that's, that's been a life changing experience for sure. Well, I had the privilege of meeting Carl, uh, a few years ago when I was out Kansas city way. And, uh, um, but at any rate, uh, I'd have to agree with you. Seems like a very fine gentleman and, uh, just didn't want to leave him out of this, that we, uh, oh, absolutely. recognize the fact that he, he's got a piece in this too, but, but, uh, well, that, that, that's great. And so, uh, you ended up Tell us a little bit about that final four on that truck hunt and uh, how that went for you. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty neat deal. Um, you know, uh, Cheyenne Cummings, he lives about 45 minutes from me, uh, and uh, he he went up there, and, and uh, he ended up making the final four as well, so I thought that was pretty neat. That kind of calmed my nerves a lot, you know, having somebody that you know from back home in the final four. And, and Cheyenne, he's always a jokester. He's always cracking jokes, and... And uh, we ate dinner that night before the final four, and and he 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 kind of jokingly tapped me on the shoulder. He said, "Well, Lane, one thing about it, second place ain't too bad for you." <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, joking that he was going to win it, and I tell you, it was it was a fun deal. And but that took a lot of pressure off of me, you know, because I was I just felt like I was at a thirty dollar hunt. To be honest with you, I felt like I, there wasn't a truck on the line. But going into that final four. Uh, again, I, I felt like we was there for a reason. Um, and I had a ton of confidence, you know, and, and, uh, the final four, we, it was raining, it was terrible conditions. Uh, and we was hunting against the best dogs in the world. I, in my opinion, full throttle meltdown was in there and, and he's the all time money, money winning dog from PKC. And, and then you had Sambo that's won a bunch and I know he's a coon dog and, and Shaq and Cheyenne, you know, Cheyenne's a great guy and, and Shaq's a hundred percent coon dog. So, I knew that, that it was going to be, it was going to take a, take a lot of work for us to win that. But at the same time, you know, I, I felt like that I was, I had confidence in my dog and, and she deserved to be there as much as any of them. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but going into the final four there, we, we, uh, it was, I, I didn't know if, if my luck was going to hold out, um, uh, Sam or, uh, uh, yeah, Sambo and, and meltdown, they treat a, a tree right out of the truck. That was a circle tree. And, and mine had made a tree yet and, and mine gets treed finally. And, and, uh, and we go into her and she's in a great big old den tree. It's got a split all the way up the side of it. And, uh, we go to squalling and beating on the tree, trying to get the coon to come out of the hole. And, 
and a squirrel runs out. And and in PKC, when a squirrel, if there's a squirrel runs out of a hole, you know, a coon pro- probably obviously run it out. Uh, so you can't, they won't minus you for it, but they, they delete your points. And at the time, that circle tree was going to put me either winning it or second. So, you know, I thought, man, that's that's a bad break right there, you know. And, and I thought that might have ended up costing me the hunt. But um, so we, we turned loose off of that, and, and uh, she, she got way through the country. Um, uh, uh, Sambo treated a slick tree in the meantime, and, and that opened the door for everybody. Um, and uh, Meltdown, he took a couple minuses along the way, and but he ended up treeing a coon, so that put him in the driver's seat, and he had won it the year before. And, uh, you know, he, 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 so it, he knew, you know, he was, he'd been there before, and, but that put him in the driver's seat and Emmy was a long ways away and we pulled off a meltdown street and, and, and I didn't even have her picked up. I had, I lost her over well over a mile, like 1.56 or something like that. And, you know, down there in those Mississippi bottoms, that sound carries good. And, and Emmy's got a, a type of, 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 you know, uh, a mouth that when she gets treated, it's, it just, it just, it just cuts the air in two, you know, and it carries really well. And, and, uh, she, she was treated when we pulled off that tree and I treated her and, and we walked across that Mississippi mud for, it's a plowed field for what seemed like <laughs> five miles. Um, and, uh, you know, right before we got there, uh, it just got just, just stone cold silent. And, uh, and I thought, what in the world, you know, and, and uh, next thing I know, she's barking on the ground. Uh, so I, you know, judge minuses her, and and I thought, well, she just give it away. You know, it's it that that was it. And uh, there was probably four minutes left in the cast, and uh, she she run this coon just red hot, wide open for a couple hundred yards, and just come treed with I don't know two minutes left in the cast or something. And I, at that point, I had nothing to lose. So, uh, you know, I I just I, I treat her, and and uh, we walked in there. The hunt was over by the time we walked in there. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I go and just for some reason, I just figured that, that we wouldn't be able to find him because of the way my luck was in that cast. And, uh, I just figured that meltdown was destined to win another truck. And, and, uh, we tied her back and judge says, you want help? And I said, yeah. And, and before I, I even told him to shine it before I even actually tied her back to a tree. And, and, uh, when they said, here he is, I just, I remember it like it was yesterday. I didn't want to believe him. You know, I, I said, are you sure that's a coon? And he, because I didn't even see it yet. And, and they all started laughing. They said, son, you act like that's the first coon she's ever treated. And I said, I tell you what, I said, it's not the first one, but it's probably the most important one she's treated to date. And <laughs> it was a big joke. And, and, uh, you know, I tell you, that was an emotional win for me. It was, uh, it was, it was just, uh, a couple of days after that would have been, my grandpa would have been passed away for a year. So, it was a very emotional win, and, and I tell you, it was it meant a lot to me. It was a game changer. It was a life changer. Well, the picture of you and Emmy uh, sitting in that truck on the cover of ProHound magazine showed uh, pretty much the story, the look on your face, <laughs> Lane. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah. yeah, happy times for sure. Chris, oh, for you got sure. anything yes, you want? Chris, you got anything you want to jump in here uh, while we catch our breath just a minute? No, you guys are knocking it out of the park. I'm just sitting here taking it all in. Don't want <laughs> don't want to suck the air out of the room with uh, the energy Lane's bringing to us. <laughs> well, that's for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about the youth championship, which was a great win, and then the truck win, of course. Anybody win a new pickup truck at today's prices, that's quite a – quite a chunk of money how much money does pkc give you on your uh, lifetime earnings 
for a truck? They they give you twenty nine thousand and nine hundred ninety nine dollars. They just they it's short one dollar of, of what it would be if you won the world championship, the PKC World Championship. I see. They don't want to upstage yep. that, then I guess. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is understandable, you know, because your world hunt's supposed to be the probably the most prestigious and the and the biggest one and the hardest one to win. So you don't want to don't want to do you know don't want to upstate it for sure. All right. Well, now let's uh, just. We've been talking PKC pretty much um, yes, sir. up to this point. Now, along this journey, how much hunting in UKC were you doing with Emmy? Um, we we had hunted we we'd hunted quite a bit in UKC. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a coon hunter and, and I'm a competitive person, and and I just like going. To, I'll, I'll hunt any kennel club. I don't care what it is. I just go to support the local clubs, you know, and and. Uh, and so I'd hunted UKC several times and, and we'd made her a grand night when she was, I'd say around two or so. Um, and, uh, we'd actually in 2015, we won the Oklahoma state UKC championship with her. And, uh, so that was, a, that was a very blessing win too. And, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'd hunted her, you know, in several UKC hunts. I'd, I'd actually got her qualified for the zones before, but just never had any luck, uh, uh, when she was younger there. And, and last year, um, we didn't, we didn't get her qualified for the zones because she come in heat and we, and we bred her to big money, but, uh, but so, so we, we didn't take her to the zones and, but yeah, we, we, I'd hunted UKC before, you know, and I enjoy UKC. I, I enjoy every one of them. I just enjoy the competitiveness and the, and the, and you know, the, the camaraderie and, and I enjoy all of that, you know, and I just sure. enjoy hunting with, with, with different people and, and, uh, you know, like I say, it's it's just a it's just a pleasure for sure. Well, as we're talking about that, and you know, I think in life we tend to people tend to choose this or that. You hunt, uh, you drive a Chevy, I drive a Ford. Uh, you like a blonde, I like a brunette. You know those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but uh, do you think there's any kind of a difference in the styles of dogs between UKC and PKC? You know, uh, just, you know, uh, that, that's a, that's a tough question, but it, it, you know, as a general deal, um, at the end of the day, in my opinion, uh, the dog that's going to tree the most coons wins, uh, UKC's rules, you know, they, they just changed them, uh, which is good. I think that that cha- that rule changes, the rule changes that they put into play is, is absolutely one that's going to be a game changer for UKC. I feel like that it's a better one for them, but, uh, but you know, in UKC, their rules, their rules, in my opinion, the rules difference is uh, is is a handler type deal, uh, a difference in the people. You know, some people, some people like hunting dogs that that are gonna pack around a little bit, and some people don't. Um, me personally, I, I like a dog that's that's gonna be alone when it gets treed, and and it's gonna have a coon when it trees. But uh, but as far as the the different type of dogs, you know, uh, I, I feel like that people get too too caught up in that myself. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all coon hunters. At the end of the day, we're out there to tree raccoons, and and I feel like that you know the the dog that that trees the most raccoons should be awarded. You know, and and uh, so that's and kind of my is. outlook on right. that. Yeah, it, and that's yes, the case either way, right? You know, you hear these yeah. 
these we used to say and of course i've been around so to speak with three different registries but you know when i would hear a criticism about a dog winning on minus points or circle points i'd say well you know plus points will beat all the minus and all the circle you in the world yes, so sir. if you've got a coon tree or you know you're you're going to come to the top no matter what registry you're hunting in steve steve hey lane lane steve if you haven't been able to tell by now steve couldn't keep a job he's been at all three (laughs) (laughs) Uh, lane i ran out of kennel clubs you know and of course then Uh, yeah reggie came along with chkc you need to get back in the game (laughs) yes yes hey listen Uh, this podcast is keeping me far busier than I want to be. <laughs> well, for sure. Okay, Lane, uh, let's talk about this big, big event and and uh, uh, the primary reason that we wanted to get uh, with you uh, in a timely manner because it's only been a few days now as we're recording this since uh, you won uh, the UKC World uh, championship. And, uh, uh, you know, to me, that's just such an amazing thing. Chris alluded to it earlier. Listeners will, will agree. Most of us spend a lifetime, uh, maybe not going at it as hard as you have in your young life, but we've all wanted to own a world champion and we've always been proud when a world champion shows up on the pedigree of a dog that we're handling. So let's, uh, let's talk about the UKC world hunt, your process of qualifying Emmy, uh, going to the zones in the finals. We don't have to, you know, root out every little detail, but if we can, uh, kind of give our listeners, uh, an idea of what all that, uh, entails, how did that play out for you? Yes, sir. Um, we, we got qualified. Emmy and I got qualified at, at Seneca, Missouri's RQE. That's the club that, that Cheyenne and Jennifer Cummings run. And, and like I say, it's 45 minutes from my house. And, and, uh, I'd, I'd been to a couple of them and, and, uh, just didn't have any luck. And, and we had some luck there. Uh, we ended up training a couple of coons and, and I can't remember where we placed that in that RQE, but we placed it high enough in the top 10 that we get to go to the zones and, and the zones for the last couple of years has been at Miami, Oklahoma, and uh, it's an hour from my house, and so I definitely wanted to go there and just kind of stay at home if I could, and and uh, so that's where we went to our zones at, and and we had great casts both both nights at the zones. Uh, the coons just wasn't cooperating for us. Uh, I got the guide out of Miami there, and and I went back home and and hunted probably just two or three miles from my house, and and uh, you know the the coons just weren't moving as good as what I what I anticipated them to be, and uh, the first night there at zones, uh, Emmy tree, the only coon that we seen. And then, uh, she blew out of pocket there and, and never did get to hear again until after the hunt was over. But, um, and then the next night I, going into the next night, I, I felt like I had to win my cash, you know, to, if I wanted to advance because I just scored 150 plus points the Friday, the Friday night. <clears throat> and, uh, so I going into that next cast, I, I felt like there was a lot of pressure on us and, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I just right out of the truck, I was just, you know, I was gung ho and, and, and wanted, you know, and I, and I felt like I needed to win, like I said, and, and I, it cost us some tree points. I treated her for 125 and, and, uh, 
she just rolled on out there, you know, and she, I don't think she's ever treated right. I think the nerves, nerves just got to me, but, but I thought, yep, here we go. You know, Blaine's going to give it away. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but no, we, we, we go on to that deal there and she ends up bailing me out by treeing two coons, the only two coons we've seen. And, and, uh, so she won that cast there and, and I knew that, you know, having a double cast win, the odds of me getting through was, was very good. And uh, we ended up placing fourth in the zones there. As houndsmen, we share very unique needs when we make a decision to relocate, especially when it comes to finding a hound-friendly environment in which to live. REMAX Hall of Fame realtor Evan Harrell is a houndsman himself and he and his team understand your relocation needs as no one else can. With so many things to consider before you move, Evan can help you find just the right location anywhere in the country whenever you decide to go and will even help with the process of selling your present home. And Steve, Remax Elite Realty is based in Franklin, North Carolina. Evan Harrell specializes in residential sales and especially in helping people like us to relocate to the locations we choose anywhere in the United States. Remax has been the leader in residential transactions since 1999 and rated the number one brand in real estate. Evan has been named top producer four years in a row and Chairman's Club recipient in 2018. Contact Evan online at evanherald.com or give him a call at 828-349-4600. You and your hounds will be glad you did. And uh, it was a pretty neat deal. It was be my first trip to the World Finals, and I was excited just to be able to go. And uh, I tell you, we, 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 we left Wednesday night, and uh, we went to I went to Iowa up there, and... and uh, Thursday, now, who traveled? Uh, did you have somebody traveling with you? Do you have uh, Carl didn't go with you to the world championship, did he? <clears throat> no, sir, he couldn't make it. Um, he had some other other priorities he had to take care of, so he couldn't make it. But uh, but yeah, I traveled up there alone, and mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, but but I, I went to the truck hunt by myself because so I was kind of I'm kind of used to being a lone ranger, <laughs> but uh, but but no, we we get up there Thursday, and I tell you, I was just just very excited to get to go and and uh my dog had been looking really well and and i i just felt like that that uh this might be the only year that i have a chance at winning it um you know because you just you know emmy's getting up there in her age and you don't it, you don't want to run her as hard as what you used to and, and now how uh, so, old is she right so, now lane she, she's seven yeah yeah uh-huh. she's seven okay. she'll be eight, she'll be eight eight in may so so she's just you know seven and a half or so but but uh so we get to Iowa on Thursday and, and Alan was going through ceremonies there and and uh I tell you something that just really stuck out to me was he was telling us about the last time the world championship was in Iowa. And and sometimes I can be, you know, kind of leery of things and, and he said, Well the last time the world championship was in Iowa was in nineteen ninety six and it was in Waverly, Iowa and I said I thought thought to myself, and that just stuck out to me and I thought that's kind of weird. I was born in 1996. You know, maybe that's a sign. Maybe this is our year to win it. And and uh, and uh, a lot of people told me I was crazy for thinking that. But uh, sometimes I can get get suspicious about things. But uh, 
Well, let me so interrupt you real. Let me interrupt you real quick here because that, when you get to be my age, Lane, you know sometimes the memories <laughs> are are what's the most important. You know, I, I I'm not yeah. uh, out there making memories at a fast clip the way I once did, but that 1996 hunt in in Waverly, Iowa. Uh, was one that sticks out to me because that was the last world hunt that I officiated over uh, in my tenure at UKC. And uh, it it was a great hunt. Uh, Mike Carmack from there in Indiana uh, won the the hunt uh, with the Walker dog. Uh, and I, his name is expe- uh, escaping me right now, that dog's name. But anyway, uh, we had a great uh, uh, dinner there, and they grilled some fabulous pork chops, I remember. And uh, <laughs> it, it was all just, uh, there was a guy named Kenny Moore that handled the dog that won the world championship. And as soon as... Uh, uh, this podcast is over. That name will come back to me <laughs> crystal clear, no doubt. But anyway, uh, it's great to hear you mention that hunt because it was a milestone for me. That was right before I, uh, I was soon after that would join PKC and, and move ahead that yeah. way. But anyway, but you go ahead. Thank you for letting me. Yeah. Uh, reminisce yes, sir. A little yes, bit. sir. Since you're talking about that, I, I, you know, of course, that was that was the year I was born, so I don't know nothing about that. But Alan had mentioned something about uh, somebody trying to get somebody scratch for feeding them crackers or dog crackers or something on a cast. I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, but it was uh, he said something about that. I'm sure you probably know more about well, that than I, than remember I do. But... A little bit about that, yeah. But we'll just pass on by that for the. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no uh, Thursday night. Um, we we had a great cast uh we went we drove a ways thursday night we went west of des moines by probably 30 minutes uh it was a really long drive it seemed like forever um but uh but we went out there and it was worth it we we was i felt like we was in some really good coon hunting it was it was kind of hilly and rough which is which is kind of what it's like around my house uh so i was i kind of felt at home and and uh you know the coons just weren't moving at all i don't think uh the, the other dogs in those casts made a couple couple trees and we just couldn't find a coon and emmy went 35 minutes without barking probably or better 40 minutes and and when we finally we finally got on top of a big hill we could hear she was she was way close to a mile away from the cast and she was struck finally and everything was competing for strikes so i got to strike for 75 and uh when i struck for 75 i knew if she treated coon because a couple of the dogs took some tree minuses and and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if she trees a coon here, uh, it'll be virtually impossible for somebody to beat me, especially if she's that far away. By the time we get in there, the hunt should be close to being out. And well, sure enough, it worked out that way. And and uh, she got she got in there and got treed, and and I treat her. And on the way to her, the other dogs got treated. Well, they treat in, and so uh, so we went into Emmy. And on the way to Emmy, I, it was pretty neat. We we got probably a hundred yards from Emmy and, uh, we seen, we seen a really big buck bedded down and, and I thought it was a monster. You know, I'd never been to Iowa before. And I said, man, that's a giant buck, you know? And, and of course it, we didn't bother him. He just sat, stood there or just sat there and looked at us. But he, the guy just started laughing at me and I said, what are you laughing about? He said, that's a little deer compared to what we normally see up here. And, and uh, so that was pretty neat seeing a big old buck like that on the way to Emmy's tree. And, 
And, uh, you know, we, when we finally got to Emmy, uh, she was, the hunt was over and she was in the edge of a cornfield in a huge, great big old tree. And, and, uh, and I, I was just worried it was a den. It kind of looked like an old den tree to me, but we, we shined and, and got fortunate. She had three coons on the outside. So that kind of sealed it up. And when we got the other dogs, they had coons too. They were all three split and all three had coons too. So, but, uh, but you know, the coons, I just felt like weren't moving very good early. I felt like that they were probably just now starting to move by the time we got out there, but, but it, it worked out for us, you know, a cast wins a cast win when you're on that, when, when you get to the finals like that, you just, you just try to win your cast and keep chugging along, you know? So, and, uh, you know, by the time we drove all the way back to the clubhouse, I didn't know if I was going to make it back. You know, we'd walked our tail off that, that night and that <laughs> cast. And of course you got to go hunt late, you know, that night round number two. And, and by the time I got back clubhouse, I was just, I mean, I was more plumb out. I, I, I guess the drive got to me. I have no idea, but, but, uh, the guy that Don, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but he's the man that guided the final cast. He's, he's, uh, 80 years old. He, he guided and judged me in the late round and we went to a good spot and, and Emmy struck a coon and run it four or 500 yards. and got treated and had it, but, uh, in, you know, 25 minutes or so, 20 minutes. And, uh, it was a bad track, but, uh, but she ended up having a coon and, and uh we very very fortunately found it so so then we got to rest up you know the next night and 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 we was going into friday there and 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 going into friday i knew that there was there was there was five or six dogs from our zone and and which was zone four in miami and 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 the five or six that was still there were all friends you know he's all buddies and i got to doing the math i thought there's just 26 dogs left in this thing and five of them's from our zone there's a good chance of somebody drawing each other and uh and and sure enough uh everybody i think everybody got away from each other but but me and dalton and dalton cummings and and i drew shack and it was me and and shack and and uh dual dual murphy hunting piper and uh, mark bosa hunting a female that that has been on a hot streak she just won the missouri pro hunt this year and, and going into that cast i felt like that me personally i felt like that was probably one of the toughest casts there in the semifinals. uh I felt like you could probably that's a cast you might hunt five nights in a row and might get might get, you know, just five different winners. But right. uh but you know, but it's uh it's it was a very tough cast and I knew going into it it was gonna be just uh just an all out war so to speak. I it was gonna be one of those deals where where, you know, probably whoever treed the last coon, you know, was gonna win. Uh mm-hmm. just kinda like a like a high scoring football game, you know, you the the team that's got the ball last is, is gonna win that and and going into that cast, that was my mentality, and and uh, we we had a great guide, and we had a good judge, and we uh, we treed we treed. Uh, I think we ended up treeing uh, Emmy treed three coons on that cast. Uh, Dual Murphy's female treed two, Shaq treed one. Uh, so we we treed we scored on six coons in that cast, and and I was very fortunate enough to to pull out a win. I was getting beat with with around eight or nine minutes left in the cast, I had 350 and so did Dual Murphy and, and, but he had a circle tree. So he had me beat on tiebreaker. None right. of us had minus or anything like that. And so, so I knew I had to make another tree. Um, and Emmy was struck and she was trailing a coon. And it was real rough where we were at. And, and, uh, she trailed this coon up there. And I, I just, I just remember I was praying. I said, come on, old girl, you know, get treed, you know, get treed for me. And, with about six minutes left in the cast, she rolls up treed right in front of us, and and instead of nothing was even around her, you know, and I just got excited and 
when when she loaded up and come treat, I just got excited and treated her instead of letting her treat for a minute, you know, like like a good handler would. <laughs> I just got excited and and uh, she kind of hushed there for a minute. When she went when she hushed, I thought, oh great, you know, I'm having flashbacks of the truck hunt. Here she's gonna leave this leave this tree here, and, and uh, but uh, but now she went back to treeing and and we walked in there to her and and it was a good tree and I knew it was at least a circle tree and. And I, but I also knew that 350 plus, you know, UKC they do the thing where the top three scores automatically advance to the finals, and then the four, and then the other four cast winners has to go hunt for the fourth spot. Right. And when you got a dog, you know, that's coming seven, eight, that's been hauled over the all over the country, you gotta, you you gotta take advantage of every rest that you can get it. And uh, and so so I knew that that I needed to have a coon, and I knew the tracks you're on in there wasn't a very good one, but but. She worked it good enough that that I was very confident in in her having a coon. You know, I felt like that she should have had a coon because she's a type of dog that likes having coons when she trees. And and uh, so we we started shining it, and and after about three or four minutes of shining that, I I finally found him, and uh, and uh, we ended up after we found the coon there, there wasn't but twenty seconds left in the cast, and by the time I got you know comfortable enough off the tree, the hunt was over, and uh, we ended up winning that round with five hundred plus, and. And uh, I thought going into it, I thought, man, I hope 500's enough, you know. And, and uh, everybody that was with me, they were like, surely it is, you know, that's a good score. I said, yeah, but up here, you know, you can get in a deal where in Iowa, you know, you can tree three or four coons in just little to no time. You can get in those right. pockets of coons and just go to treeing them. And uh, so I didn't know, you know. And and, and uh, so so and there was a couple couple of casts there that that I knew that was going to good hunting, and and so. I was just worried all the way back clubhouse and I was the second to last cast back to the clubhouse and, and, uh, Brett Myers had 775 and then it was me with 500 and, and the, the guy that come that won his cast with the Bonnie female, she come in with 525. So that put us in third, you know, and, and, uh, it worked out to where we, we ended up. That's where we, that's where we were the third high score. So we got to rest and, and that to me was, was probably could have been a game changer. Um, because you know, like I say, you you go to hunting them older dogs that's been hauled all over the country. You know, four or five rounds in a row, they go to getting tired on you. And but like I said before, you know, uh, Emmy's heart and driving ability. I, I figured if any dog could do it, I feel like that she could have done it. You know, hunted that extra round. But I was I was beyond glad to to be able to let her rest. And yeah, and, uh, well, you know, so, something's in, uh, entered uh, my mind here just for a minute here, and and. Of course, you did. You made that top three, and and then those other four dogs, as you say, had to go out and hunt for that fourth spot, and that ended up, I believe, was the fairy dust female that ended up getting that fourth spot. Am I correct on that? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, let's let's do a little thing for the vendors out there in the world and for the guys the prospective world champions and all that stuff what kind of light were you using when you found that coon i was using a moonshiner light uh, made by by donald maggard here in oklahoma he's uh he's helped me out since i tell you the very first light that i ever bought was was a moonshiner light and and i tell you he's he's been always been been all for helping me you know i, I right. can't thank him enough for for helping me um he builds a great quality light um it's durable it's tough but i tell you what i like about his lights and him more than and i'm not necessarily dogging anybody else by any means don't i don't want people to, to get me thinking i am but 
But I tell you what I really like about him and his lights is, is he stands behind them, and he'll help you no matter what. There um, you he's, go. he's absolutely a great guy. So, uh-huh. but, uh, but you know, I've, I've got, you know, other, other people, you know, that, that I'd like to thank maybe later on, but, but yeah, since you asked about the light, you know, Moonshiner sure. lights for sure. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he helps me out tremendously and he builds, like I said, quality light and they're durable, they're tough and he'll stand behind them and take care of you. All right. Well, do you wear waders? Do you wear, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What do you like? Yeah, there? I, I, I tell you, uh, my, my waders that I wear, um, they come from Okie dog supply there in Claremore, Oklahoma. Um, Mike and Sandy, they're awesome people. They're great people. They've helped me out tremendously this, this last year. Um, they've jumped on board to help me out next year, too. And, and I tell you, they, they also own Mule Brand Clothing, and that's what my chaps are. They're, they're, they're Mule Brand Clothing, and, and the boots I wear are Quattro's. But, but, you know, they help me out with the boots and the, and the chaps, and, and they're big-time Garmin, Garmin people, and, and they, know, they know Garmin's really well. And if I ever have a problem with a Garmin or anything, you know, they're, they're without mm-hmm. a doubt always there to help me. So I definitely got to give them a shout out for sure. I mean, because without, sure. without them, you know, help me, I mean, uh, without everybody that helps me, you know, it's, it's a team effort and, and you, you know, it's, it's like anything else. I'm very fortunate, very blessed to have them. So got to give them a big shout out too. And, and, and the coon and the squallers that I use that, that, that I found my, my coon with going into the, you know that my last coon that ultimately would get me into the final four is big show game calls josh michaelis up in missouri i tell you he's helped me out tremendously this last year um he's he is an awesome guy and he's just like mike and sandy and donald you know they have they sell amazing products but but what what gets my attention more than any of them is if anything goes wrong with them they'll stand behind them and they'll take care of you and to me that means the world well, um, sure, you, sure it does. Customer service is very, very important. And, uh, yes, uh, yeah, we, we give a shout out to our, uh, title sponsor, W hunting supply. Then that's what their, uh, their creed has been, you know, down through the years yeah. is that a- outstanding customer service. Absolutely. Right. Yes, sir. All, for sure. all right. Well, let's get back to this world hunting. So we've got, uh, we get to rest. We don't have to go back out um, late Friday night. Um, Saturday's got to be a pretty interesting and exciting day uh, when you're in the Final Four at the World Championship. Give give us a picture of what that was all about for you. Oh, for sure. Yes, sir. You know, going into the, you know, growing up as a kid and, and getting the Bloodlines magazines and things like that, and, and watching the videos on YouTube on the final four of the UKC World Hunt, what I think is pretty neat about their UKC hunt over everybody else's is their final four, their interviews, they have you pull your truck inside a building and, and you sit on your tailgate with your dog tied to your tailgate. And, and I think that's really neat. Um, I, I'm, I, that was a pretty neat deal. And, and I was excited as heck to be able to pull my truck into that building, I tell you. But, uh, you know, growing up as a kid seeing that being able to be there and that that deal it's just a dream come true you know it's something that that everybody that every competition or you know dreams of doing is being there getting to play on saturday and and taking that interview on the tailgate of your truck you know and and it's just just something about that you know it's it's very special uh but yeah you know that whole day was was uh was amazing i tell you i had so many people calling me and texting me and and uh you know wishing me the best of luck and and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just awesome going into that final four, knowing that you had a lot of people that had your back. It, 
it, it really means a lot and it gives you confidence booster you know because you know whether you take first or you take fourth you're proud to be there and 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 you're not going to hang your head when you go home because just getting there is, is beyond beyond uh good enough you know but but it's like anything you, you try to do as good as you can do and and you just you just take what you got coming to you and, and i was very fortunate you know but but yeah that whole day you know i, I watched the bench show and and uh and i had so many people coming up to me and and you know just congratulating me and, and wishing me the best of lucks and it was just uh it was an awesome day that day was it, it kind of helped calm my nerves a little bit but but uh but you know after after the final four interviews when when we all got together, the cast got together, it really started to set in, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm here competing for a world championship. And, and, uh, we know why not, why not try to win this thing? And I tell you, it was, uh, that's when the, my, my nerves started hitting me, uh, uh, on the way to the woods. I tell you, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, as you mentioned before, we've been very fortunate to be in, being, you know, two or three major event final fours, but, but this one here, I tell you something about it. I was just nervous as I've ever been. Um, uh, you know, we got to the woods, and I felt like I, I felt like I didn't have any strength in my body. Matter of fact, in the final four, I fell three or four times. I felt like a felt like you know I felt silly, you know, <laughs> falling around out there. There was an eighty-year-old man out there that was getting around better than I was, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was I just felt silly, and and uh, but I guess it was just because I was so nervous, and and uh, you know, you just you just uh, you know, usually the nerves will get to me, but after the dogs are casted, it it just all goes away. Well. It didn't go away that cast until until Emmy's second coon that she treated, and, and then you know it started becoming reality that that we had a shot at winning it, and and well, uh, I know, have and a, it started calming down. Right. Well, I have a thought here as you're talking. Now you know some people competition hunt strictly for the money. Others competition hunt because they're competitive, as you've said that you are others for for various reasons but down through the years i've thought about this many times that it's you know recognition is the name of the game to be able to be recognized and this is in no way downplaying the fact that in fact i don't think there's anybody uh, listening to this podcast that wouldn't like to take a check for 30 or forty thousand (laughs) dollars Absolutely. Yes, sir. You know, I mean, that would be awesome, but it goes deeper than that. I think because yes, there was some cash at the end of the rainbow for you uh, and a quite a, a, quite a good amount of it. But this, this aspect of having your name inscribed along, you know, when I was at UKC and I don't know if they still have it or not, but there was a, a trophy that sat in the lobby of the office that had the names of each of the world champions down through the years. Okay. And then along the hallways of UKC are the photos of these dogs, these winners and these Purina award winners and all this. And, uh, to see someone walk in that office and walk down those hallways and see their picture on that wall, it, it's almost indescribable The you can see it all over their face, the, the feelings that they have, you know, so I can understand the fact that you are yeah. having a case of nerves here and it's not <laughs> yeah, about, sure. you know. But anyway, you know that feeling better than I. I've never been there. I've been <laughs> in the room and handed the trophy 
and taking the pictures of many, many world champions. But I see yeah, that. Yeah. And I want our listeners just to kind of feel what you were going through then. So I'll shut up now and yeah. you, you tell me. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, the, 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 the whole final four, um, you know, it's, it's going into that. I, I tell you, like I said, I've been nervous before, but I was more nervous this time than any. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, I, I just, I just tried everything I could to, to not get nervous, but it just didn't work because, you know, you're competing for a world championship. You're competing, like you said, probably one of the most prestigious hunts that you can win. Um, because that title and that name will stick with your dog long, you know, years after it's gone. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and to me, that's what it's about. It's not about, you know, the, the $10,000 I'm telling you is, is a blessing for sure. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's, it's being out there competing against three of the other best dogs in the world and, and, uh, having a chance at, at being a, being another world champion. But, uh, but, but going into the final cast there, like I said, I was very nervous. Um, it was a, probably a uh, 30 minute drive. Um, we had a very good judge and Jack Bingham. He was our judge and, and, uh, our guide was, was, uh, was a very good guide. And I felt like we was going to go to a really good spot. Um, we walked the dogs, we actually parked it, but parked at a house and walked the dogs through the backyard of these people's house. And, and, uh, and we cut them loose there off and off down a fence row by a bean field. And, uh, the, all the dogs just got struck right there real quick. And, and Emmy opened there under the minute, and I, and I struck her. And she's the type of dog that usually when she barks, she struck, whether it's five feet from you or, or 500 yards from you. So it's nice to be able to, to have the confidence in, in one enough, knowing that when, when they strike, you can strike them, and you ain't got to worry about them being quiet and, and getting quiet and causing you to get a minus, you know. But but uh, right. then the fairy, the, the fairy female, she she opened for 75 there right, right around Emmy, and they all just opened their uh, Bonnie uh, struck for 50 and ace struck for a quarter and, and, uh, and well, ace just fell treat for, for 125 and Bonnie covered him for 75. Well, Emmy and fairy dust was going the other way now. And, and we found their coon that was in a small tree and they had a, they had a coon and, and uh, fairy was treed while we shining that tree. Um, so they got recut after that. And we went to fairy when we got close to fairy, Emmy was about 50 or 60 yards just behind her and going in there. It sounded like they together. And I thought, you know, there's no way that them dogs can be together. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past a dog. You know, they're all just dogs, but I was going to be shocked if mine was with her. And, and, uh, we got the ferry and she was up in a tree. Her tree kind of leaned over and, and, uh, well, I treed Emmy and we finally got ferry out of the tree and we found her coon and we got her recasted and we went to Emmy and we found she was in a great big old tree. I mean, a real big tree. And, and uh, the judge found her coon just right right away. She had three up there, I think, and and we got her recasted back towards the other dogs. And and uh, after that, they all kind of split up. Well, well, Emmy and the, and and Fairy got restruck, and and uh, Bonnie and Em got restruck as well. And uh, and they they were working off in a holler. Well, Emmy and Ace got by got got beside it, got kind of got close to each other, and and uh, Ace got treed and. And Emmy was treated in the same area, and like again, I didn't, I didn't think they were together, but, but uh, the ace dog wasn't, didn't sound right. I knew he didn't sound right, and uh, and and the judge was having to run the two on him and off of him, and and uh, I had a chance, you know, I had a choice to make. I either either tree for seventy five or or try to wait and see if this dog leaves or takes a tree minus so I can tree for one hundred and twenty five, and because I know they're not together, but they're so close you couldn't tell, and 
and uh well well they run the two on him a couple times and it come down there where there's just 30 seconds left on the tree so i i've got to tree now you know because you don't want to miss out on you know getting 75 points uh is better than not getting anything and and especially if they got a coon and so i tree for 75 and and we walk probably 75 more yards well brett minus is his dog he says he's he says he's moving and and so we go to emmy and she's in a great big old tree and and uh, it runs up into several trees and it's real thick and you, there's just a couple spots you can get a light in it and and i knew ferry was probably trees this time and and i needed to get recut you know so i only shined it for four or five minutes and so i got recut and ace fell treed uh behind us which ferry was already treed in there so we went and scored her and she was up another tree i mean she was up in it like 18 feet up in it. it's kind of a scary deal but uh she she uh she had a den tree and uh so I thought, okay, you know, that's, that's okay. Because, you know, she had 200 plus and, and Ace took some minus and Bonnie has just got 125 plus And I thought, okay, that's fine. You know, we, we traded den tree for den trees there, me and Ferry did. So, so, you know, we're, we're still even, I've still got her by a quarter. And Lemmy, after we cut her off the tree, she just kind of blew through the country. And, and we got, we got, Bonnie was at Ferry's tree and we got them recut. Well, we went to score Ace and, and he was probably 75 yards from Emmy's tree, and uh, he had a he had a great big old circle tree too. We couldn't find his coon either. And well, well, Brett knew Brett and I had the same thought. I think in our head, we we both knew that that uh, he was the only thing struck in, and we're scoring him, and nothing else is struck in, and and he needs a strike for a hundred, you know, to get back in the ball game. And so he's not going to spend a whole lot of time scoring this tree because he needs to get recussed because so strike will be open, everybody will be competing, and. Uh, so sure enough, he does, and he gets struck for 100, and, and he's right by the cast. And so we walk away from him and get on top of a little hill there, and you could hear Emmy through the country there. It sounded like she was treed. And so I struck her in for 75, and we split the difference there. And and uh, we, we got up there probably 600 yards or so from her, and, and I decided to go ahead and tree her in. And, and Bonnie felt just struck and felt treed by us. And uh, um, so we went, went on to Emmy, and it seemed like a forever walk, and – I tell you that place. I don't know if I've ever seen so many hot wires <laughs> on a place in my life. About every fence you come to, they had a hot wire, and, and you're trying not to get shocked by it. And <laughs> it's just it took us a while to get to her, but it was an electro. It was an electrifying experience. Uh, you're trying to yes, say, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, the tree that she was she was treed over across on a little creek, and there was a fence there, and I was so excited just to get her handled, you know that I didn't even pay attention, but it, that fence was hot. And I tell you, it shocked me, uh, when I got over it and I, I it, it about made me come off the ground, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I got her handled there and she had a coon and, and uh, so this time I, w- I was going to go under that fence. I wasn't going to get shocked twice, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but, uh, we, we got her back under that fence and we was, we was going to go score Bonnie. And in my mind, I knew that Bonnie was a ways away and Ace was the opposite way trailing. And and so I took my option to lead, um, lead to Bonnie's tree because, in my mind, I don't, you know, I I believe in my dog, but but I also believe anything can happen, and they're all just dogs. And and I didn't want to get, I didn't want to turn loose with less than six minutes or with more than six minutes left in the cast, and they have to put a stationary on me, uh, because you know, I mean, anything can happen. And so I decided that I was going to lead to Bonnie's tree, and I I was adding up my scores in my head that well, Bonnie's got a tree uh she's got to treat three coons to beat me more or less uh she got to treat two more i guess to beat me and and uh on the way to bonnie ace gets treated 
And I know Ace has got a tree three more to beat me because he took his tree minus. And uh, so I'm thinking, you know, and there's like 20-some minutes left in the cast, and, and I'm thinking by the time we get in here to Bonnie and score it if it takes a while and then we get to Ace, the hunt should be over. And and, uh, and they'll be for sure less less than six minutes, so I don't have to, you know, so nobody can put a stationary on me. So, But anyway, so we get we get 100 yards from Bonnie, and she just, she just, just I mean, gets quiet and uh put the two on her the two catches her um and uh the guy was worried about her because she had had health problems the night before that and and when everybody in the cast was worried about her you know and that that tree minus took him you know he was in fourth and and he said well do you guys care if i go get her and the, and the judge said well if you go get her you got to withdraw you know but but uh, if it was mine i would because you know it's one of those things where uh he's not going to get no better than fourth and and so in and health in a dog's health to me, means more than anything. It means even if he had been winning it, you know, if if he thinks there's something wrong with his dog, or if I thought there's something wrong with my dog, I'm telling you, I'm going to her. You know, I I need to get to her and figure out what's wrong with her. And we told him that. So, so he went and got her, and, and I opted to keep Emmy on the lead going to to Ace's tree. And because I was surely, I figured by the time we got there and scored his tree, there wouldn't be no hunt time left. And and we get to him, and and uh, we find his coon real fast. Well. well uh, uh, Ferry is still struck in. We're going to go to the last place we heard Ferry, and I think there was a couple minutes left in the cast at this point, and there was actually probably less than that because I think there was probably around a minute left in the cast. I thought, well, by the time we get out here where we hear Ferry, it'll be you know over. And well, I tell you, Brett's dog, we heard Ferry, so Brett recut. We both recut there, and and Brett's dog done a done a, a such a good a job on a coon that I've ever seen. And I mean, my head was spinning. It happened so fast. He cut him loose and. And I tell you, he went 30 yards and had his head in there, and he just got treed. And uh, I thought, surely he didn't treat another coon, you know. And it's happening so fast, now you're adding up scores in your head. You know, what's Brett got, you know. And I knew I had 425, and, and in my head I'm thinking there's no way Brett can beat me. But it, all this happened so fast, it just made my brain just, just kind of just – I just went brain dead for a minute, and I'm thinking, well, if he's got a coon, he's beat me. And and leading around for 20 minutes just cost me the hunt. So I was kind of down on myself a little bit, and – and uh, sure enough, he had a coon, and and I said, "What's that give you, Brett?" And and uh, he said, oh, "I just gives me 400." And I said, "Are you sure? There's no way that you don't have more than me." And he's like, "No, because I took that tree minus." And and I just totally forgot about it, I guess. And <clears throat> at that point, and and so uh, I was like, "Oh, okay, you know." And and you know, so so the hunt was over, and and Ferry did get treed again, but she had a circle tree, but. So on the way back to the truck, the whole way back to the truck, I, I'm adding scores in my head, and I'm thinking, I don't want to believe, you know, that I just won the UKC World Hunt <laughs> for some reason. I just I just couldn't believe it, I guess, and you know, because it's something you work so hard for, and and, you, and just all the, you know, hunting seven nights a week and all the long nights and everything just comes to pay off, you know, and, and you just want to make sure that it's true before you, you know, you go, go do a backflip off sure. the truck and your truck. But, <laughs> but you know, uh all, well, the whole way back to the truck. It, yeah, go ahead. It, it was a long, it it was a long walk, you know. And the whole way back to the truck, I was adding scores up, adding scores up, and I thought, you know, there's no way, you know, surely, surely not, surely this ain't happening. And and sure enough, it it made it official when we got back and signed the scorecard, and the master hounds checked it out. And I tell you, it was it was a feeling that that I've never had before. Winning winning two other big major events. It's really neat, and I'm beyond blessed. But I tell you, winning that, winning that, that, that other world championship, it's, it's a feeling that, that I don't think I'll ever get again. 
Uh, hopefully I do. Hopefully I get another chance at, at, at something else. And uh, But, you know, if not, it's pretty neat. I tell you, it's a, it's a feeling like no other because, you know, all the hard work, all the, the dedication, you know, the time spent with your dog. And there's times where, you know, you think, man, it's not going to pay off. But but uh, in, in, in time only, you know, it will. And, and uh, I tell you, it's when it does, it's 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 worth everything. It's worth all the hard work and all the long nights for sure. Well, for sure. And to add to that list, you get to come on the Houndsman XP podcast and tell the world about oh, for it. Sure. How cool is yes, that? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. You know, that's awesome. I, I, uh, I tell you, that's that's an amazing experience for sure. I, well, I'm very thankful you guys uh, give me this opportunity. It's our well, pleasure. Well, it's our pleasure. You know, uh, as you were talking, uh, Lane, I couldn't help but think about, you know, we get people that enter this sport. All right. And they go out and they've got a dog and they, they recognize the dog's voice and they know the fundamentals of being able to strike and treat the dog. And they go out and they hunt in a hunt or two or three, and they feel like they've been cheated in some way or whatever, because they didn't win. As you were talking, I couldn't help but think about all that goes into being a world-class handler. As you talked about running these scores, in your head and about uh, deciding whether or not to recut and and all these things that I think that sometimes uh, new uh, people that are new to the sport don't realize how complex this sport can be at times and especially at this level and uh, I know I watched the play by play and uh, I applauded you I think I made a little comment somewhere along the way about the expert handling that I thought you did in, in the cast. And, uh, but anyway, that's just kind of a, a word to the wise out there for those that are thinking about getting into competition is, you know, learn your dog, learn the rules, know them inside and out, know when to hold them and know when to fold them. So that's a fact. Yes, sir. Yep. For sure. You know, that's like you said, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just striking and training your dog. You know, like you said, the, most important thing a person can do is learn the rules because, uh, you know, if you felt like you've been done wrong, there's a process for everything, and, and no matter what kennel club you hunt, and, and the best thing to do is, is follow that process, and if it comes to a panel, you know, tell your side and, and, and be, be uh, just be, be a sportsman about it. You know, don't, don't uh, you know, don't go in there throwing a fit or, or anything like that because it, I don't feel like that's probably going to get you anywhere, but, but yeah, like you said, you just got to know the rules, and and know your dog too, you know, put in a, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of times and, and nights that goes into to this process that a lot of people don't see uh, or don't hear about, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, there's an old say, there's a kind of a saying that, you know, it goes, if, if, if you want to look good in front of thousands, you, you've got to, you've got to outwork, you know, if you want to outwork people in front of thousands, you got to outwork people when nobody's around and, and, uh, you know, that just goes mm-hmm. to show it. But, but yeah, I mean, as far as, as far as you call me a world class handler, I definitely I definitely wouldn't call me that. <laughs> but uh but you know, I, I tell you I'm far from that. I, I'm just, just a young kid that that's enjoying getting to do what he loves and is very thankful for it, you know, and, and uh, you know, I just try to I try to give I, I know, you know, my dog's gonna give me the best shot at it and, and I, I just try to do return the favor, you know, and, and, and try to make sure everything you know, I can give her the best shot at winning that I can. You know, and by by being fair too. You know, and that's that. At the end of the at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship and it's all about being fair. My name and my integrity means a lot more than any coon hunt, and uh, 
I've said it a million times, and I'll always say that for sure, and I've been taught that. So I want to give a shout-out and ask a question. I want to go back to something here, Lane. Who was handling the uh-huh. ace? Who was handling the ace dog? Brett Myers. Brett Myers, and you said Brett. I caught something there in that conversation. You said Brett minus his dog yes, for leaving the yep. tree. Is that yep. correct? Yep. All right. Yes, now, sir. He did. Yep. So he did not wait for the judge to make a call. He knew his dog was wrong nope. in a, on the biggest stage yep. in Coonhound competition. Yes. Brett stepped up and said, minus my dog. Now that is yep. integrity. And that debunks. Yes, Absolutely. If every cast could go just like that, then we wouldn't have so many detractors out there about competition coon honey. Do you have any That's thoughts on that? Yes, sir. I say, yes, sir. I mean, he's Brett's a stand-up guy, um, and I've always been taught that. You know, it's even when I'm judging, like if, if I'm an on-hunting judge and I'm judging four dogs, uh, I try to learn the dogs as quick as I can. But you know, as well as I do, it's hard to learn dogs. You know, in two hours, you don't know every single move they're going to make. So it always makes it nice when guys own up their, you know, own up when their dog leaves a tree or something like that. And and I tell you, that that makes me respect people for sure. Uh, and and that's like you said, that's the best thing you can do. Uh, when your dog when your dog leaves a tree, I mean it's not your fault, you know. And uh, so the best thing you can do is just say, "Judge, minus me," and go on about it because you know it it takes a whole lot of a whole lot of argument out of it. You know, a lot of people don't like being minus, but uh, I tell you, the the guys that do it, it, the people respect them for that. You know, and I tell you, Brett 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 uh, Brett's a stand up guy. He's he really is, and I tell you, he was he was the first person talking about Brett. Uh, when when I went to cross one of those fences when I was leading to his tree, he jokingly grabbed Emmy and, and he was leading her there and he kind of took off with her and, and I was thinking, man, what's he? Where's he taking my dog? You know, and <laughs> and uh, he's just leading her for me and he turned around and looked at me, said, so "You want her back?" And I said, "Yes, sir." And he said, "Sorry, I just wanted to know what it felt like to lead a world champion, you know, and the hunt wasn't over." I said, "Don't jinx me like that, man." And uh, you know, Brett, Brett's just a good guy. He really is. He's a stand up guy. And, and uh, I tell you, you know, like you said about him minus and his dog, not very many people would have done that. And, and it was it was a pretty neat deal to see him do that for sure. Well, one of the things that um, we talk about, I talk about with, with um, people who may not completely understand competition coon hunting is that it is a team effort. And the jo- dog's got a job and the handler's got a job. And the handler's job is to you know, call that dog and, and be a part of the winning team. You certainly don't want to make mistakes and, and hand your dog a defeat, but on the other hand, right is right and wrong's wrong. And if you can, if you can get that through your head and participate and compete at that level, then you'll be better off in the long run. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I learned at a, I learned at a, at a young age in life and anything else, you know, if you want to be a great winner, you got to be, learn how to be a good loser because coon hunting's like anything else. Uh, you're not going to win every cast you're put in. Uh, and when you get beat it, the best thing to do is shake the man's hand at the end of the night and say, congratulations, your dog done a good job. And, and even, even if you feel like you shouldn't have lost that cast, you know, uh, at the end of the night, it's, it's better to shake their hand and, and just look them in the eye and tell them congratulations as it is to get mad and, and, you know, hold a grudge on somebody, you know, because, uh, there's, there's another one tomorrow night. That's kind of the way I look at it. That's and, exactly and right. It's, it's, that's exactly Good right. advice for sure. Uh, Lane, we, in our last episode, Mark Zepp spoke about this, about how close you can get at times and how disappointing it is when you don't win. 
but learn to win grace or to lose gracefully. And I think yes, your remarks are absolutely right on. Uh, you know, we have kids, uh, young people. You've been a, a PKC Youth World Champion. What kind of advice yes. would you give to a young guy that's just starting out in this sport lane? Uh, I'm sure there, you, you know, guys are 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 going to be reading the articles in the magazines, listening to this podcast. And they're going to say, I want to be like Lane. <laughs> I want I want to yeah. listen to what Lane has to say. Uh, what would you say yeah. to those kids? I tell you, the, the first and foremost, what I tell them is if, if, you know, no matter what their dream is, go for it, you know, and don't let anybody tell them that. And whether it's coon hunting or whether it's anything else. And, and I tell you, uh, you know, the biggest thing is to, to put all the hard work in, put all the effort in, because all the hard work and the effort when nobody's around, it'll show one of these days. And, and you might not think it's going to show. It might not show when you want it to, but it will. If, if you continue to work hard, stay dedicated, and, and never lose faith, I tell you, uh, the, the the sky is the absolute limit um, for sure, without a doubt. Uh, you know, and, and, and the main thing, too, you know, like I, I touched on it a while ago, is be a good sportsman, you know, uh, because – you know, this is just a hobby. We all love it, and and everybody gets wrapped up in winning. Like you said, nobody nobody really likes to lose, but it's part of it. And and when you lose, you know, you just got to be a good sportsman about it. And 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 at the end of the night, because you know, people remember your name, and 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 your name and a friendship is more than more than winning a coon hunt, in my opinion. And and uh, just just being a good sportsman, you know, and and uh, you know, just. Like I said, just and the main another another thing that I always tell tell people and kids, you know, is is just stay dedicated, uh, uh, because whenever times get tough, if 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 you're dedicated to something you love, when times get tough, you're still going to continue to strive and to, to to strive for greatness. And and uh, you know, if you don't truly love what you're doing, and you're not truly dedicated to it. When you run into a wall, that's when most people just you know they kind of can't they can't push through the wall. So you just you just gotta stay dedicated and and enjoy the process too, uh, you know that's uh, that's a lot of it too is and in, in enjoying it and me personally I enjoy the process as much as I do the outcome, uh, you know I just enjoy this sport that we all love and and it's 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 just a, a true blessing for sure. Well, what about the future, uh, Lane? Have you thought about that? Is there a pup out there in the in, in the yard? Uh, what what are you going to be doing going forward? I tell you, yeah, you you always kind of you always kind of look forward to the future because you know uh, it, it's sad to say it, but but dogs don't live forever, and and I know that, and and I'm going to cry like a little baby when Emmy leaves this world, but uh, but I tell you, you know uh, the future I think is pretty bright um, for me and or for, for for me and and the dogs I got. I, I we bred as I touched on a little earlier. We bred Emmy to to kevin cable's big money dog last year and and uh she had uh she had eight puppies and i ended up keeping one and and the one that i've got here at the house uh he's, he's coming on he he's coming on good he reminds me a lot of emmy when it when she was that age uh they just turned a year old here the other day and uh i tell you uh if if the little dogs got a, a, a big shoes to fill uh and uh you know uh but i tell you i i truly feel like he's on the right track i mean i might be a little biased because he's out of emmy but but uh, you know, I, I I truly feel like the little dog's got a bright future ahead of him. It's just going to take hard work and long nights, like it did with Emmy, you know. And and uh, so that's that's kind of my next deal is is uh, you know with Emmy as far as Emmy goes. 
I'm gonna, you know, we're we're gonna take it easy on her. Uh, we're gonna hunt her a couple nights of the PKC World Hunt, uh, you know, and then we're gonna take her to the truck hunt again because we we got a truck ticket this year, uh, the month of July, and uh, we're gonna take her and hunt her in the truck hunt, and that'll probably be her last two raw as far as competition hunt goes. And you know, she's 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 treated me beyond good, and the the, the way I look at it, the least I could do is is uh, return the favor, you know, and let her live the rest of her life in happiness and just pleasure hunt her, you know, a couple nights a week because I know that's that's what a hound lives for, you know. If you quit hunting one completely, I know it just, you know, it uh, it probably breaks her heart, you know, just like anything. That's what they live to do. That's what they put on this earth to do. So so we're still going to pleasure hunt her. And, and, uh, but, uh, but as far as the next dog, we, we, we probably take to town. It'll probably be this pup out of her and, like I say, I hopefully, hopefully he treats me half as good as, as she has, you know, and, mm. and, uh, but, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, even if he don't, it's still going to be nice to have something out of her. So. Why sure. And, you know, that's the thing that we have to, you know, we can talk, we can push so hard in competition and think about winning and get so involved in all that activity and all. And we think about, you know, I got a dog here. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at him right now. He's curled up on the floor in on his bed. Uh, he's going to be 11 in November. He's traveled all over the country with me. We've had a lot of great hunts. Chris and I have hunted him up there in the hills and hollows of Indiana when he was a young dog and, and all that. But, I mean, he certainly obtained nothing uh, uh, that's noteworthy as far as titles or anything. But, man, he's been a great buddy and a great friend and a, and a companion. And uh, and he and I have uh, hit a lot of uh, rest areas and truck stops all over the country. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, just rode those miles together and all. And I think people lose sight of the fact of just how much these dogs really do mean to us. Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. You know, as you said there, you know, Emmy, Emmy, uh, made an impact on my life whenever I first got her. And I, I tell you, she, you could, you could take away both world championships that she's won. You could take away the truck. You could take away all the money she's earned. And, and, uh, she'd still be my, she'd still be my buddy at the end of the day. And, and she'll always, she would still always have a pin at my place till she died. I, I kind of, uh, I, I kind of made her that promise when she, you know, just a pup. And, and I tell you, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a heck of a ride. You know, I, I can't complain. The good Lord has blessed us beyond measure for sure. Uh, you know, but like I say, you can take all that away. And, and I tell you, I still, like I said, she's still my buddy. You know, I'd still, I'd still have a place for her in my heart and, and in my pen till she died. Well, Lane, it's been a great interview. I know Chris may have something there. I wanted to give you a chance to give a shout out. You mentioned that to some people you wanted to thank or whatever. And uh, if you want to do that uh, now, we certainly uh, want to give you the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, you know, like I say, I, I always, I always got to give credit where credit's due. And, and, uh, you know, uh, our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ has blessed me beyond measure. Um, He's been with us along this way. He's been with me my whole life, and I tell you, it's a, uh, it's it's a mountain what a person can accomplish when whenever he's behind you. I, I truly feel like there's nothing that's impossible, or nothing that cannot be cannot be uh, accomplished. Um, but you know, I got definitely got to thank Carl Reed for everything he's done for me. Uh, you know, like I say, he's turned in this this partnership's turned into a friendship that I'll never forget, and a friendship that that'll never be broken. Uh, you know, and uh, 
I, I got to got to thank all the all my family, uh, my mom, my dad, <clears throat> my brother over the years. You know that I worked for him. He, he was real lenient on letting me take off, go to Acuna. <laughs> all thing I do is call and tell him, "Hey, I'm not going to be there tomorrow." Uh, and uh, he he say, "Well, well, that's fine. You know, just go do what you got to do. Go go chase your dreams." And uh, I tell you, you know, the support of people around me has been the support <clears throat> has been beyond beyond uh, beyond great. Uh, when actually when I got home from the world hunt, I was I was very shocked. I, my mom, my dad, uh, Tyler Compton, I had good friends that that were at my house, and they had a th- they threw a surprise party for me. You know, they uh, had a awesome. cake, and it was just a, <laughs> it was a pretty cool deal. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I, you I never, bet. You know, I never, I never, never in my, you know, I always knew I had a supportive group around me, but but uh, you know. Them seeing, you know, seeing that right there just absolutely uh, just just made my complete week. You know, winning that world championship was awesome, uh, but I tell you, coming home to something like that, it, it's it's it makes that feeling even better. Uh, it's it's a feeling that you'll never get. So I'm I'm forever thankful for that. You know, uh, for for the people that supported me, uh, that's been behind me, and 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 I'm and I'm excited for the friendships that I'm to you know to make in the future. Uh, but uh, you know and. And definitely gotta definitely gotta thank all the people, the, the companies that that sponsor me and help me out. You know, uh, uh, Moonshiner Lights, Donald Maggard, uh, Big Show Game Calls, uh, Josh Michaelis, Okie Dog Supply, and Mule Hunting Clothing, Mike and Sandy. Uh, I tell you, they're uh, they're they're awesome people. Everybody that helps me out, it's a team effort uh, for sure. And it's one of those things where where I can sit here and and, and I could tell you all the people that that support me, but I'd be here forever and. Uh, you know, so so for that, I'm very thankful. Um, I, I'm very blessed to have had a to have been been able to to live this these experiences. You know that I've lived at a, at a young age so far, and and I, I can just only hope and pray that that uh, there's more in store for me, and and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully you guys will one of these days be interviewing me again or over something <laughs> else. You know, so uh, that's the only thing that I can that I can hope for, and, and I'm very thankful for them too. So. Well, Lane, I'll jump in here and say that we want to congratulate you and and that you are a, a terrific ambassador for our sport, young man. I, as I, I I've listened, as I've listened to you uh, talk today and and profess your faith and and your love for your family and your friends and your respect for those who've helped you and and your attitude toward the game. This is the kind of thing that we're trying to portray in this podcast that we all need to step up our game. We all need to take account of our own uh, actions and our own uh, responsibilities and and look at our sport, how how great it is uh, to us, how important it is to us and how much we need to to promote it. Yes, to uh, preserve it. Absolutely. And to protect it going forward so that more young men like you can come along and enjoy it and, and build their own dreams through hound hunting. But I'm just, I've just been tremendously encouraged and, and entertained and uh, so appreciate you coming on. What do you say, Chris? What else is there to say? I mean, it's just, uh, you wrapped it up right there. You hit all the, all the talking points that, that I would have made Steve. Um, yeah, I got nothing after that that wrap up. That was good. Well, Lane, thank you so much for coming on. Uh wish you and Emmy the best in the upcoming PKC World Hunt and 
next spring as you go after that second truck and uh, uh just uh keep the pressure on brother you're doing good yes sir i, I appreciate you guys having me on i it's uh it's it's been an honor it really has and i appreciate all the kind words you guys have just uh just had there and and i thank you guys more than more than you guys owe you know thank you for doing what you do for this sport and having this podcast is awesome you know because uh, it gives people a chance to talk to people that maybe they they didn't know and and learn more about this sport and, and you guys do an awesome job so i want to thank you guys as well thank you lane well thank you chris are we ready you wrap it up buddy Lane, we have a custom here on the Houseman XP podcast. Uh, We've got a, uh, I think there's an old cold coon track running down one of those uh, creeks there in those Oklahoma hills. Chris has got a blue tick named Jazz. She's pretty salty. She's she's a pretty good hound. I got an old pup here, an old Lone Pine bred pup that's just 14 months old, but he thinks he's good. And you got a world champion. Now, you need to give us a handicap. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> maybe uh, at least maybe at least two coons. But now, one thing for sure, when we cut these dogs loose, I want you to follow your hound, and I'm going to follow mine.